Coming up next. Okay, Thomas, uh, the thing I will admit to you is I think that our podcast, if not at least being really, really good, I, I think, and I'm pretty confident, I'm 99% sure that we'll have something that no other podcast would have. And would you like to know what that Platonic is? Platonic sex. <laughs> really ruining this moment for me. <laughs> Assumably, the first episode of the podcast would be uh, the conception of the idea of the podcast. Well, that's just not true, because you've already had the conception of the idea, haven't you? Yes, I have. The birth of the idea. Yes, no, no, you're exactly right. We already have had the conception of the idea of the podcast. And we would have a podcast of that conception conversation. A reenactment of the conversation. No, 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 we would have the original conversation. Did you record the whole thing? I recorded the last hour and a half of that conversation. Was that before or after I said you would have to record me without telling me? After. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Mayor? Hurrah! Emergency! Okay. Something's bugging the town! Hurry, girls! It's... <sighs> Fucked if I know. Next! These were the ingredients chosen to create the perfect little girl. Hello. This is the beginning of the podcast that I'm recording retroactively. This podcast is called Fucked if I know. And you will actually, in I... fact... Yeah. I feel like a better introduction is... Thomas, what's the podcast called? Ah, uh, fucked if I know. <laughs> okay, well... Isn't this, that a better way to do it? This... Uh, it it may be, but... Um, so what I did was, Thomas and I were about to begin a conversation about deciding to do a podcast together. And what I did was, I secretly recorded that conversation. And that is the podcast you're about to hear. In many ways, this is perhaps the first time this has ever been done. I don't know, I haven't done the research, because this literally only just occurred to me. But... This podcast will be the creation of the idea to do the podcast you are currently listening to. And I think that there is an immense beauty to that. But yes, I really hope you do enjoy it. It's our first podcast, and it begins without Thomas realizing that he's on a podcast. And you'll hear the moment where I explain to him that I've been recording this the whole time, and that it is, in fact, going to be a podcast that we're going to publish. I hope you enjoy it. I actually really enjoyed having the conversation. I hope it to be a candid and honest representation, reflection of the kinds of conversations that Thomas and I usually have, because I'm convinced that those conversations are special, and the kinds of conversations that only best friends can have. And I'm, I also think that these are the kinds of conversations that people have all around the world all the time, and they're not special in that way, but I think they're the kind of conversation that really gets captured and shared, and I think that there is Something special about that, so please enjoy. That's one thing, like our podcast wouldn't necessarily be funny. It would just be like... I think we can be funny. We, we have some funny elements, but yeah. you and I aren't the most funny people. Fuck you. you. <laughs> okay. Speak for yourself. <laughs> On average, between the two of us, we're not the most funny I, people. I try you're to be more funny. funny than me. Oh, I think you're pretty funny, mate. And I think you have I these unassuming have moments. of humour. Yes, but they complement each other so well. We, and the thing is, I find you very funny, and I think you find me pretty funny. A lot of the time, yeah. <clears throat> um, 
but you have you have a pretty unassuming sense of humor. I was about to say, like yeah. you'll, you'll say things that are kind of off cuff, and perhaps you didn't even say it with the intention of being funny. But then all of a sudden, it is like exactly right. Yeah. But then it's just so funny that you said that. I was about to say, I, I think we have a slightly different type of humor with a uh, fairly large uh, intersection between them. And back to the rapport thing that we have, mm -hmm. I, I do think that it's it's fostered. I do think it's something that we've grown together. Definitely. But also, I think it's symptomatic of our personalities also. I think it's just the by virtue of the fact that I have worked really hard at my access to language and therefore I have lots of words at my disposal and that's not a humble brag that's just me uh, that's just that, that's something that's been a focus of mine and I've always admired people that have a really great access to language it's a skill that I've been working on for a long time to acquire to to, to broaden my mental thesaurus but I think you have this natural sense of analysis that is very unique to only you, and I haven't met anybody else who has the same uh, flavor of analysis that you have. Something I was going to say is, I, I think for me it would be more, I have a habit of not so much over-analyzing, but thinking about things quite in depth. In grade four, during my parent-teacher interviews, yes. I remember my teacher said to my mom, the things I'm good at, the things I practice in school, yeah. most kids have a really narrow but shallow view. I have a really narrow view. Sorry, what do you mean by... Well, in terms of, like, I only focused on, like, math and science and shit like that. But my point is... Right, oh, right, right, okay, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other people have a huge spectrum of things they look at, but not so deep. Yeah, yeah. I have a very small spectrum of things I look at, but I go quite in-depth with it. Right, yeah, no, that's true. You're pretty selective with your interests, but the things that you are interested in, you are very fucking interested in. Very interested I mean, it's part of, perhaps, like, a really... Maybe an obsessive personality. Like, for example, like, you when you decided that you wanted to buy a car, I'm still you, you became yeah that. you became obsessed with cars. I still like am. you you I've developed down a bit. Yes, but you developed this almost encyclopedic knowledge about a specific car. I do tend to do that. Just come back the next day with an encyclopedic knowledge about it. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, yeah, and it's very much not something that you can command. It's very much something that's only within your passions. It's the same reason why we're both so bad at uni, is because we don't care about the content of our courses. But for the things that we do care about, we are. Pretty well versed. You know, it'd be pretty cool if we did have a podcast. Oh shit! Sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah. Um, if we did it for a while without <coughs> telling any of our friends, but then after a while, if we become popular, we tell them we're like, hey, by the way, we do a podcast, and they go and look at it and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, a million yeah. people follow this podcast. Well, I've often thought about that. I, well, you know that I've dabbled in attempting to m become a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, with your music. Well, with my music, and also with things like when I made the Casey Neistat glasses, or with. For yeah, example, I, I, I did like that. Uh, it was very. I, I thought I, I thought the production value was a little. Oh, it was low. crap. No, it was crap. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, what I was gonna say was oh, I've 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 layers of things that I need to say <laughs> to you continue and I, this conversation. You and I, our conversations are very large onions. If we were to start a podcast together, which I'm now determined that I'm determined, I'm so married to this idea that it's gonna be very difficult to get me off of it. I think that we, if we were to run to it for a while. No, not like I am right now. That's because we've been. This is the first time that we've entertained the idea for such a long period of time. Yeah, and quite seriously, I'm very serious, and I'm not sure how serious you are, but I think I can bring you on board. I'm not serious, but I agree that you probably could bring me on board. Thomas, the, I, the reason I'm not serious yeah. is more just like performance anxiety. Right, right, right. But that's those are things that you can get over, and I think it'd Definitely. be very good for you to get over it as well. Yeah. Um, I have slightly less important performance anxiety than you. Having said that, I have, a, I still do have performance anxiety. Definitely Somehow less with music. Yeah, as much 
as I do. Well, for example, yesterday when I was at that panel and I asked the question during Q&A, I, um... Dude, I would have been sweating. Dude, my hands were shaking yeah, mine would have been so shaking. much. I was vibrating. <laughs> it was... And I was so nervous. And, and everybody in the room could tell. Really? Everybody in the room could tell. Because my hands were visibly... And I was standing up because he told me to stand up because he couldn't Did hear me before they handed me the microphone. I think it probably sounded a bit shady. Yeah. Mine would have sounded very... Yeah. Very much so. I, I think that if we were to do a podcast together, we would have to probably make more of a concerted effort that we do in our natural conversations to keep on a bit more of a track because it yeah. might be a bit, a bit dysfunctional or a bit disjointed if we had the conversations that we normally do. On uh, our conversations are not linear in any big, Yes, way. exactly, because they fragment and then we come back to things and they're so unchronological. Our conversations are literally chronological, Unchronological, probably. Our conversations are fractal. Yes, they are fractal. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fractal conversations. But I love them that way. But I, I also do. think they would be... They do get a little bit hard to keep track of sometimes. Probably if you're a third party, I'd say it's probably difficult to keep track of... Uh, if you were a third party listening to our conversations, you might go, oh, what, where's that going? Where's I that going? tonight, you and I have been particularly bad. If we were to do a podcast, what would it be called? <sighs> Fuck if I know. That was my answer. <laughs> Fuck if I know. Um, I think it'd be difficult to market a podcast called Fuck if I know. Although I do think it's probably a good name. It's a very accurate name. Fuck Definer. Oh, it actually is quite apt, but again, I think it'd be difficult to market a podcast called Fuck Definer. Although it pretty much captures, uh, it captures things pretty well. <laughs> I know you came up with it as a joke, but it does capture things pretty well. I would like to continue along this theme, uh, as in with names, of, of a turn of phrase or like a right, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah would be. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like that one, but it, yes, along that along those lines. Preferably <sighs> with a comical aspect behind it. Yes, it'd be the kind of name where you'd hear it and you go, "Huh, that turn of phrase is so recognisable, but it's also so innocuous." And like you hear it all the time, but it's not something that inhabits your the your frontal lobal sort of like your men your your general consciousness. You also wanted that when people tell other people about about it, when they say the name, yes, you know, like you, you want them to smile as they say it, or mm, for people mm, to kind of like mm. question, like what you what? Well, let's say let's go with uh, fuck to like for a second. For a bar name. Right, right, right. It, for, so let so if we were to stick with fuck to Fino, imagine you were Bugger telling your friend, sorry, bugger to Fino. Bugger to Fino. That's not bad, mate. That's it's, it's the same phrase. It's, it's just, just more, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, so family friendly. Ah, oh, but fucked if I know just has this like sting to it. That's it really it's does. good. Maybe we could do F asterisk asterisk K, K D or like F like you know like a like a like a text form. Yeah, I've always hated that. F K D if I know. I got a, I've, I've always kind of hated reading that. Like we all know what the word is. So imagine you are on a, on a train or you or whatever talking to your friend. Oh, I've been listening to this great podcast actually. It's these two blokes and it's called Fucked If I Know. That's a funny thing to say. Like, that's a funny conversation to, to say. Especially uh, to, if you say, to like, have. what's it, uh, the friend asks, oh, what's it called? Fuck if I know. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. And they'd be like, wait, so you don't remember the name? <laughs> you know, well, I, maybe we risk, oh no, but then we start a funny conversation. No, I like fuck if I know. Uh, would you be happy with FKD if I know? Yeah, FKED, I'd be okay with it. Well, what's that brand that, um, oh, French Connection UK. <laughs> they have t-shirts that have F-C-U-K 
<laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's great branding. And you know, like, I'm it's quite obsessed with branding. marketing and branding because I work in marketing. I love when I see branding like that. They, you can just tell that when they were coming out of that. But it's so simple. Well, the, it's just, it's dead simple. The, the, like, all they did was write down the initialism of their yeah. name. Uh, but it's still, it's a brilliant... Uh, I, I really like branding like that. Yeah. When you can just tell that like, when they worked it out, they were just like you and me just sitting here. It, it feels more personal. It feels like, you know, it feels like, you know, fucking Damo down at the pub came up with it <laughs> on a night out. It feels it like... Just, it feels good. It feels like more to me if someone, like, that someone just kind of happened upon it. and Because... I would assume that French Connection uh, was a company before French Connection UK specifically. And like maybe at first someone was like, oh, well, shit, we can't use that, yeah. right? And someone went, but what if we do? Yeah. What if we do use FC UK? And like it's our, it's our like rebellion branding. Because that's what it is. It's a rebellion. Because especially like if you, if you knew when the FC UK shirt started appearing, it was an even more sort of... Um, it was like, you know, swearing on television used to be a really awful thing to do. You can never do. No, but now you just fucking say whatever you like. It was that sort of time where in order to have the word fuck on your t-shirt, you would have to be a crazy person. Really rebellious. It, it, that, was, that was such a disruptive thing to do. At what time did you say this? I'd say this is probably ago? like the beginning of the 90s. I, I'm so guessing. I'm totally guessing. I, like, I don't if, know when FCUK started appearing on t-shirts. Even if you're within a decade, that's still like... Yeah, that, that is cool. Right, right, right. I think, I think. Well, I remember seeing them as a child. If I'm doing an educated guess, the earliest, the earliest I would estimate it would be... 2007. So, do we like F-K-E-D? What, what did you say? F-K-E-D. Fuck to find out. I would still prefer the full word, but I understand why that might not be the best idea. It'd be so hard to market. <sighs> I mean, well, funnily enough, it's indicative of the environment that we still live in, where, like, everybody swears, but it's still... You can't use it in branding. I can understand why it's like that's the one that's the one frontier that I think brands haven't crossed yet is swearing. One of many, I would say. Yeah, I don't necessarily right. have other ones in my mind. I like I like to think there's more frontiers than just that. Oh, there's more. There is more. You're right. Um, they could they could do more with sex maybe, but depending on the brand, yeah. Depending on the brand, if it fits the brand, yeah. But. I think that brands have slowly, slowly been expanding the things that they are allowing themselves to do, and they're figuring out that is okay to do in the climate. And the thing is, of course, with large corporations, it's very difficult to do that because the alternative of it not being okay is so detrimental to your brand and to your company. And we've seen it happen. When you do something that's socially unacceptable, Drugs. you're... Elon Musk, cannabis. Right, but that wasn't a brand move. That was Elon Musk. But and he's quite, he's quite different to his brands. I, as feel, I feel like he's very highly, uh, heavily associated with his brands. So. Like whenever he, he whenever is, I think of Tesla, I think of Elon Musk. Whenever I think of SpaceX, I think of Elon Musk. I'm guessing that most people are under the understanding that the actions of Elon Musk and the actions of Tesla, SpaceX, and PayPal when it was one of his companies were different. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Any logical person realizes that, but stocks went down when he got high. I think that it was a reaction to the reaction. <sighs> okay. And just, here's my hypothesis. My hypothesis is that he smoked, or he didn't even inhale it, he just, he, he basically inspected it like that. he was an alien on the planet Earth for the first time. He looked at this peculiar object, and then he took a puff, he didn't inhale, he, he blew it out of his mouth as quickly, he exhaled, exhaled the smoke as quickly as he possibly could, I think, from memory. Uh, and then his stocks dropped. And I think that it was because a bunch of investors thought, oops, that's going to make a bunch of other people sell the stocks. So I should sell my stocks before the value drops. 
So it was a reaction to the reaction. It was a reaction to what they thought the reaction would be. Right. Because if you look at if you look at that chart, right, of, of Tesla stock. Yeah. Yes. It was. Uh, it was. It was self-preservation. Uh, they. If you look at the, the the chart of those stocks, they went down sharply. And then they went back straight back up, and they continued their regular growth, almost, that, okay. almost as if nothing happened. Because I think, and I think that's because all these investors who sold their stocks on this reactionary instinct, because they thought that the rest of the investors would sell their stocks, uh, because they'd be disappointed or disapprove of Elon Musk smoking weed. Once they realized that it wasn't going to tank, because that they wasn't the general back. reaction, yeah. they they bought it back, and and it continued its regular growth. So in the scheme of the the, the storied history of Tesla and SpaceX and all those listed companies. It's a tiny, tiny speed bump. Yeah. Still, my favorite part about that was the article saying, like, Elon gets high while his stocks hit an all-time low or something like that. <laughs> that was a great uh, That's a good headline. <laughs> yeah, it's funny as a journalist, actually, how, how often um, you stories... Do it, you do it a bit. I, well, I, I say you do I, it a I bit, try to, you, which... you make a point of showing me the ones that you're particularly proud of. Yes, that's true. Um, I think my favourite one is one that I didn't come up with. It was one that Ben came up with, and this is on a Friday evening. So you know anti-gravity experiences? Where yeah, yeah, yeah. In like the... you pay like an absorbent amount of money, like tens of thousands of dollars, to get into this plane that does parabolic flight patterns, mm -hmm. and on its way down, you feel the simulation of yeah the artificial creation of uh, weightlessness of of what it would be like to be in space so-called anti-gravity and so this champ this very fancy champagne brand which i can't remember the name of spent i don't know months years crafting this bottle that would work in an anti-gravity environment it would work like you could you could give it to astronauts and they could take it to the international space station and enjoy a glass of of champagne, but but it's it's not really a glass of champagne because what they give you is this bottle that has this sort of device on top of it, right? You're not pouring out champagne. It you click a button and then it administers it ejects this bubble because you're in anti gravity. This bubble of effervescent, oh sorry, frothed up champagne, and then you catch that on the accompanying glasses, which are not glasses at all. They basically look like glass golf tees. But they're fashioned in such a way that I think the tension, the water tension, the champagne tension of this, uh, this blob of... Um, will sit on it perfectly. Yes, this, this blob of uh, champagne will sit on it perfectly. And then you can like, just take this like, tiny mouthful. So it, what it does is it ejects this little blob and you catch it on your glass golf tee and then you suck it in. So that was the marketing story. They'd, and, and why would you do this? Not because you're preparing for a future where people are going to require a champagne bottle that does that. Um, I don't think. I don't think that's why they did that. I think that you would do that because it's a cool brand thing for a yeah. brand to do. We're a cool, fun, inventive brand that has way too much money to spend on endeavors like this. So we covered this story uh, with not that much analysis because it was a Friday and we were already drinking beer, I'm pretty sure. And Ben's headline for this story was, Houston, comma, we have a party. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Oh, I love oh, so really it's so good. He's a brilliant man, that Ben. Anyway, Boogie Wards. Uh, we were mostly talking about how we're gonna start a podcast together. Oh good. Which you're more than welcome to guest feature on, although I'm I'm suspecting that you won't want to be a I main host. I think I'll be everyone's favourite character. They'll be like, She's so right, they talk so much shit. Name of our podcast? Mm -hmm. Fuck the Vino. Love it. It's <laughs> F K E D if I know. Because obviously we wouldn't be able to market it if it was like the actual word fucked. Mm -hmm. I still think we should just have the actual word fucked, but Josh does have a point. 
I would like, I would prefer to have There's the actual There's a lot more swearing in media now. Yes, but not in, the names, not in the names of media. And if, yeah, even if they, a lot of not giving a fuck. Like yes, but look at the way it's written. It has asterisks in it, not the word, the real word mm. fuck. Does it? Yes, it doesn't have... I don't think that anyone, any book publisher has been ballsy enough to put... The last, the few remaining swear words, like cunts, fuck, um, and the rest of them. The, I haven't seen them appear on book titles or the names of podcasts, for example. So I think we would have to censor ourselves in order to be accepted by the wider public. If that is eventually our goal, to be a part of the wider Excuse public's me. listening habit. Would you be able to at some point put all of this excess food into the fridge? Yeah, of course. We should probably do A few moments later. I was like cooking my tits own... out. You cook a lot now. Mm. I said I cook with my tits out. Oh, with your tits out. I thought you said, I cook my tits out. <laughs> I thought that was some phrase that you invented, which means I cook a lot. <laughs> okay, well, Mel also has the advantage of being able to cook with her tits out. I can do that. No, you don't have any, mate. We can fix that though, I know yeah, I'm a give, good surgeon. Give, give me more chocolate. <laughs> give me more chocolate uh, cake, I will. I know of a So a guy who had a moob job, and what they did it, so what they did is they basically... A moob job. You take the boob, you push it like this, so that the boob goes in itself. Oh god. And then you just like close it over. So what they did was they... Wait, doesn't that create like a horrible tension in your chest for the rest of your life? Though? Yeah, well they closed this nipple in there. So he had no fucking nipple. That's a guy who had to get either the tattoo nipple or the prosthetic nipple. <laughs> Thomas, if you ended up in a situation where you had no nipple and you had to choose between the um, the cosmetic surgery remedy of either getting a fake rubber nipple, probably rubber, rubber nipple or the tattoo of a, of a nipple on to replace your now... Um, your nipple? Your now gone nipples. I meant to say no nipple and I turned into nipple. But well, your lack of real nipples, which one would you choose? Would you choose the tattoo nipple or would you choose the prosthetic Bearing in mind, nipple? as the doctor had to tell this man, mm. a tattoo nipple gives no raised feeling. <laughs> it's just a to... picture. <laughs> he had to tell him that. <laughs> well, it's, it'd be like, you'd have to be so stupid to misunderstand the nature of tattoos in such a profound way to not understand that tattoos do not involve a raised aspect at all. You know, you get very excited uh, and find it fun to talk about these things. I don't understand why you don't want to watch the show. It's pretty graphic. Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bitch and I'm not afraid to admit that. And I, I'm. And that makes I'm... me the real man here. <laughs> sure. See, I told you he actually admits it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Thomas, uh, the thing I will admit to you is I think that... Our podcast, if not at least being really, really good, we will have something that... We'll have something to document our conversations. Well, okay, that'd be nice, yeah. And no, I... that's not where you're going. No, no. I think that we will... I, I think, and I'm pretty confident, I'm 99% sure that we'll have something that no... Uh, are you ashing into the plate? <laughs> Is there a problem? No, I guess there's not. Objectively, there's not, <laughs> I suppose. Um... I think our I think our podcast would be very special, very very special, because we would certainly we, be special. We would have something that no other podcast would have. And would you like to know what that Platonic is? Platonic sex. <laughs> You're really ruining this moment for me. <laughs> I think can I have a uh, hint of what you think it is. Can you have a hint? An interracial couple. No, no, you can't have a hint. Um, <laughs> do I have to make you leave? Do I have to send you to the naughty corner? Maybe, yeah. Fine. Proceed. I think our podcast would be very, very special. And it would have something that no other podcast could possibly have, to my knowledge. Us? It's a little less sentimental than that. Um, it would have a podcast. Assumably, the first episode of the podcast would be 
cre- uh, the conception of the idea of the podcast. Well, that's just not true, because you've already had the conception of the idea, haven't you? Yes, I so have. You the birth of the idea. Yes, no, no, you're exactly right. We already have had the conception of the idea of the podcast. And we would have a podcast of that conception conversation. A reenactment of the conversation. No, 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 we would have the original conversation. Did you record the whole thing? I recorded the last hour and a half of our conversation. Was that before or after I said you would have to record me without telling me? After. <laughs> <laughs> I, in fact, I also captured the moment in which I explained to you or let you figure out. <laughs> me saying intellectual content. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was so angry at you for interrupting because I was trying to make a podcast moment. Thus, the Powerpuff Girls were born. Using their ultra superpowers, Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup have dedicated their lives to fighting crime and the forces of evil.